Zenith Productions presents The Life of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Medina Period Volume 2 By Imam Anwar Al-Awlaki A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitan Rajim Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah Salatu Wassalamu Ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Sallam Salaman Kathira Dear Brothers and Sisters Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh After an life of hypocrisy of plotting and planning against Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Abdullah bin Ubay was laying down on his deathbed Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam visited him and this is according to Muhammad bin Ishaq and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he saw in his face the signs of death he told him ama wallahi in kuntu lanhaaka an hubbi yahud in the name of Allah i used to warn you from loving the Jews. So Abdullah bin Ubay said, قَدْ أَبْغَضَهُمْ أَسْعَدْ بِنْ زِرَارَةً فَمَا أَسْعَدْ بِنْ زِرَارَةً He despised them and what did that do for him? So until his last moment, Abdullah bin Ubay was still having split loyalties. And this shows us an important sign of the hypocrites and that is that they have loyalty to the kuffar and they have loyalty to the Christians and the Jews. And this is a sign that has repeated itself in Qur'an more than once. You see that the ones who have a disease in their heart, these are the munafiqeen, they are hastening towards them, towards the disbelievers. So the munafiqeen cannot get this love of the kuffar out of their hearts. In Sahih al-Bukhari, when Abdullah bin Ubay passed away, Rasulullah wanted to pray on his janazah. So Umar ibn Khattab came and stood in front of Rasulullah and told him, Ya Rasulullah, Tusalli alayhi wa qad qala fi yawmi kadha wa kadha wa qala fi yawmi kadha wa kadha wa kadha Are you going to pray on him when he said on such and such day this and that and he said on this day this and that? Umar ibn Khattab is Going through the past of Abdullah bin Ubay, he's reminding Rasulullah with the positions that Abdullah bin Ubay was taking. Rasulullah responded back and said, Da'ni ya Umar, fa'inni bayna khayratayn, walau a'lam anni inzittu ala sab'een ghufira lahu lazit. O Umar, leave me alone. If I know that if I ask Allah to forgive him more than 70 times it would be accepted, I would do that. Rasulullah is referring to the ayah, verse 80, Surah Tawbah. Ask forgiveness for them, O Muhammad, or do not ask forgiveness for them. If you should ask forgiveness for them 70 times, never will Allah forgive them. That is because they disbelieved in Allah and His Messenger, and Allah does not guide the defiantly disobedient people. So here you see in the ayah, Allah is saying 70 times. Rasulullah said, if I know that if I do more than 70, Allah will forgive him, I would do so. Dear brothers and sisters, this shows us a quality in Rasulullah that is striking. Rasulullah has suffered personally again and again from Abdullah bin Ubay. 
directly and indirectly, the plots and the plans and the deception and the lies of Abdullah ibn Ubay are countless. Nevertheless, Rasulullah is still willing to give him a last chance to pray on his janazah and to ask Allah to forgive him. It shows you how Rasulullah was willing to go out of his way to give his followers another opportunity. But then Allah Azza wa Jal revealed the ayah, verse 84 in Surah At-Tawbah. فَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا وَلَا تَقُمْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ إِنَّهُمْ كَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ Allah Azza wa says, And do not pray over any of them who has died ever, or stand at his grave, Indeed, they disbelieved in Allah and His Messenger and died while they were defiantly disobedient. So now the issue is clarified that no salah should be offered on the munafiqeen and this is the final hukum. This is the final uh, judgment on the issue. And this is one of the incidents in which the Quran supported the opinion of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. It is hikmah of Allah azza wa jal that Abdullah ibn Ubay would not survive Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and would actually die before him. Because Abdullah ibn Ubay was living with hope, with aspirations, that by being patient and by being you know, not facing the Muslims directly like the kuffar are doing, but by choosing the path of nifaq, he would be able to withstand the... You know, he would be able to go through the what he perceives as a temporary phase and that in the end, he and his people and his ideas would survive. And that's the thinking that they used to have. That by sitting tight and waiting, they have a chance. And that this Islam thing is a temporary thing, it's a phase that's going to come and go, and people are going to get back to normal. And he was living with these hopes, especially that he felt that it was Muhammad who stripped him of his power and authority because as it says in the books of Sirah, his people were planning to appoint him as king over them. And that is when Rasulullah made hijrah and his plans were shattered. So Abdullah ibn Ubay ended up dying before Rasulullah and the religion of Islam survived and the way of the munafiqeen is a way that dies and they face Allah Azza wa Jal on the Day of Judgment and have to face His wrath. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam appointed Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu in the ninth year of Hijrah to make Hajj. So Abu Bakr was to lead the delegation of Hajj, not Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not want to make Hajj while the false gods are lining up around Al-Kaaba. So Rasulullah obviously the idols themselves were already destroyed, but the followers are still coming because Shirk was still surviving in some parts of Arabia. Plus they also had the tradition of doing tawaf naked. They used to believe that because of their sins, because of their impurity, they cannot come with these clothes on. So they would take off their clothes and then borrow some clothes from the people of Quraysh. They used to view them as being special. 
الحمس. So they would borrow clothes from them. But some people were not in the position of borrowing. They don't have any money. They don't have any status to borrow. So they would end up making tawaf naked. So you had the dual problem of having mushrikeen and having naked people go around Al-Kaaba. So Rasulullah did not want to attend Al-Hajj while this munkar, this evil was going on. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq led the Muslims in Hajj. It says that there were a few hundred, the Sahaba who went with him to make Hajj. And after he left, Rasulullah received the first parts of Surah At-Tawbah. So Rasulullah wanted to send these ayat to Mecca so that the people would hear them. So they said, shall we send them to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq? Rasulullah said, no. Only a man from my household should convey these announcements from me. And he called Ali ibn Abi Talib and he told him to go to Mecca and to announce the following. لا يؤدي عني إلا رجل من أهل بيتي ثم دعا علي بن أبي طالب فقال أخرج بهذه القصة من صدر براءة وأذن في الناس يوم النحر إذا اجتمعوا بمنا ألا إنه لا يدخل الجنة كافر ولا يحج بعد العام مشرك ولا يطوف ببيت عريان ومن كان له عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عهد فهو له إلى مدته رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم told علي بن أبي طالب go with these verses from سورة براءة and announce them to the people, declare them to the people when they are gathering in Mina, and tell them that no disbeliever shall enter into paradise and no polytheist shall make hajj after this year and no naked person shall do tawaf around the house of Allah. And whoever has a contract of security from Rasulullah then his contract will be fulfilled until the end of its duration. And then he had to read the ayat of Surah At-Tawbah. We'll just read the first five ayat. Bara'atum min Allahi wa rasoolihi ila alladheena ahadtum min al-mushrikeen. This is a declaration of disassociation from Allah and His Messenger to those with whom you had made a treaty among the polytheists. Notice that the surah of Bara'ah, which is a tawbah, is the only surah in Quran that does not start with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim includes the name of Allah the Merciful. And this is a straightforward declaration of disassociation from the kuffar and therefore it does not start with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. It starts with bara'a, disassociation. That's the first word in this surah. This avowal, disassociation, being free from them. This is a declaration of disassociation from Allah and His Messenger to those with whom you had made a treaty among the polytheists. وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ غَيْرُ مُعْجِزِ اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ مُخْزِ الْكَافِرِينَ So travel freely, O disbelievers, throughout the land during four months. But know that you cannot cause failure to Allah and that Allah will disgrace the disbelievers. So they were given four months. 
And it is an announcement from Allah and His Messenger to the people on the day of the greater pilgrimage that Allah is disassociated from the disbelievers and so is His Messenger. So if you repent, that is best for you. But if you turn away, then know that you will not cause failure to Allah and give glad tidings to those who disbelieve of a painful punishment. Accepted are those with whom you made a treaty among the polytheists and then they have not been deficient toward you in anything or supported anyone against you so complete for them their treaty until their term has ended indeed Allah loves the righteous who fear him and when the sacred months have passed then kill the polytheists wherever you find them and capture them and besiege them and sit in wait for them at every place of ambush but if they should repent establish prayer and give zakah let them go on their way Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. These are the ayat and more that Ali ibn Abi Talib announced to the disbelievers in the Hajj of the ninth year of Hijrah. And it was the last year in which the mushrikeen are going to make Hajj and it was the last year when the traditions and rituals of disbelief are going to be shown in Mecca. Allah says, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا When the victory of Allah has come and the conquest and you see the people entering into the religion of Allah in multitudes, then exalt him with praise of your Lord and ask forgiveness of him. Indeed, he is ever accepting of repentance. When the victory of Allah has come and the conquest, the result of that would be that people will enter into Islam. 
as is mentioned in the books of Sirah, that the tribes of Arabia were watching the conflict between Rasulullah and Quraysh. And they were waiting to see who will win. When Rasulullah defeated Quraysh, the Arabs then came in multitudes accepting Islam. Quraysh was seen as the religious authority. They are the keepers of the house of Allah. They are the ones who manage the affairs of the people in Hajj and Umrah. They are the ones who live in Mecca. And Mecca was the religious center of the Arabs. So people used to look up to them. And when Muhammad ﷺ announced the prophethood and the war between him and Quraysh started, many of them wanted to sit on the sidelines and not take a position until they see where this conflict is heading. After Mecca was opened, and then pretty soon after that, the tribes around Mecca started accepting Islam, such as Hawazan, many of them became Muslim, and then after that, Thaqif, they also came and accepted Islam. And we talked about how they were besieged in a Ta'if, and Rasulullah left them. Eventually they came with their own choice and accepted Islam. So you have Quraysh and Thaqif, the largest and most important two tribes in the area, accepting Islam. After that, people were just flooding into Medina, accepting Islam. So the ninth year of Hijrah was called Am al-Wufud, the year of delegations. These tribes would send their representatives to Medina, and they would pledge allegiance to Rasulullah And this pledge of allegiance was also a pledge of allegiance to the Islamic State. And it's not like they're only accepting Islam and then leaving. No, they are becoming part of the political entity of Medina. Because the bay'ah that they are giving is a bay'ah to the head of state, Rasulullah So they are accepting his hukum. They are accepting his rule. Ibn Kathir and Ibn Ashaq and Al-Waqadi, they mention many delegations. I will go through some of them. And we need to keep in mind here that even though these all became Muslim and they are counted as Sahaba of Rasulullah but it is considered that whoever became Muslim before the conquest of Mecca has a higher status than those who became Muslim after the conquest of Mecca. Why? Because after the conquest of Mecca, it was becoming very clear that victory in dunya is for the Muslims. But the ones who accepted Islam before that, for them, it was becoming Muslim was a choice that they would make and they would know that they would face hardship and would have to make sacrifice. So the earlier you became Muslim, the more difficult it was. And that's why Allah Azza wa Jal says, لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل أولئك أعظم درجة من الذين أنفقوا من بعد وقاتلوا وكل وعد الله الحسن. Allah says in Surah Al-Hadid, not equal among you. Are those who spent before the conquest, and this is referring to the conquest of Mecca, and fought, and those who did so after it. Those are greater in degree than they who spent afterwards and fought. The people of Thaqif, they came to Rasulullah and they accepted Islam. And it says in the narration that they tried to negotiate 
with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to leave their idol, their major idol, for a year. Rasulullah refused. They said, then leave it for a month because they were worried that the commoners among the people will be shocked and wouldn't be able to handle seeing their so-called God fall down into rubble, fall down to pieces. So they wanted to take it slowly with the people. So they said, we, we will accept Islam, but we don't want our idol to be destroyed except after a year from now so that we could take it step by step with the people. Rasulullah refused. They said a month. He refused. A week. He refused. A day. He refused. And they tried their best to negotiate with Rasulullah. Rasulullah made it clear that he's not going to approve such a thing. False God to stay for an additional moment was unacceptable. So then they said, if that's the case, then we are not going to bring it down. Send somebody from your end to do it. So Rasulullah sent Abu Sufyan and Al Mughira bin Shu'bah who is from Thaqif. They both went, and people uh, started saying, uh, wait for diseases, wait for leprosy, wait for... They're threatening, they're threatening, and they were serious. They were threatening Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah that the gods will, will destroy you. So it says that he wanted to make fun of this thought of theirs. So he struck the idol with his axe, and then he pretended that he fell down. So they all started screaming and shouting, happy that the gods have struck back against Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah. And then he stood up and said, you are fools, this is nothing but a piece of stone. And he started breaking it into pieces. And then we have the delegation that came from Banu Tamim. They came to Rasulullah and he gave them the glad tidings. And this is in Bukhari. Iqbalu al-Bushra ya Banu Tamim. Accept the glad tidings, O Bani Tamim. قَالُوا يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَدْ بَشْتَرْتَنَا فَعَطِنَا O Rasulullah, we have heard that, now give us. We don't want good news, we don't want glad tidings, we want you to give us something. So Rasulullah did not like that, and then there were people who came from Yemen, so he told them, اِقْبَلُوا الْبُشْرَى إِذْ لَمْ يَقْبَلْهَا بَنُوا تَمِيمِ Accept the glad tidings, since Banu Tamim did not accept them, we accept it, O Rasulullah. Anyway, when a delegation come, it is Rasulullah who would then appoint among them a leader. So when Banu Tamim came, there were two major leaders among them. One is Al-Aqra' bin Habis and the other one is Al-Qa'qa' bin Ma'bad bin Zarara. So it says in Bukhari that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu uh, suggested to Rasulullah to appoint Al-Qa'qa' bin Ma'bad to be their leader. Umar bin Khattab said, no, appoint Al-Aqra' bin Habis. Abu Bakr became angry and said, you said that only to go against my opinion. Umar bin Khattab said, ma aradta khilafak, I did not do that to go against your opinion. And then they started arguing with each other and their voices became loud. And that is when Allah Azza wa Jal revealed, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadillahi wa rasulih. O you who have believed, do not put yourselves before Allah and His Messenger, but fear Allah. Indeed, Allah is hearing and knowing. This is the first ayah in Surah Al-Hujurat. And then there's the delegation from Banu Abdul Qais. These are from the eastern parts of the Arabian Peninsula, the extreme eastern part of the Arabian Peninsula. Rasulullah told them, أَمُرُكُمْ بِأَرْبَعُ وَأَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْ أَرْبَعُ الْإِيمَانُ بِاللَّهِ 
هل تدرون ما الإيمان بالله شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وإقام الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة وصوم رمضان وأن تعطوا من المغانم الخمس وأنهاكم عن أربع ما ينتبذ في الدباء والنقير والحنتم والمزفت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said I command you with four and I warn you from four I command you to believe in Allah and do you know what believe in Allah means to testify that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah to establish salah to pay zakah to fast Ramadan and to give the one-fifth of the booty because they are going to fight and the rule is that when you gain any spoils of war you have to give one-fifth of them to the uh, leader and then Rasulullah told them and I warn you from four things and these are four uh, different types of containers that they used to use for drinking their alcohol so they were told not to drink alcohol and also not to use those containers to, to get them out of the habit of drinking. And then there is the incident of Thumama radiallahu anhu. Now this is mentioned among the uh, delegations even though it doesn't belong here. Because Thumama first of all did not come to Medina by will but he was arrested and captured. And second of all this incident happened before because Thumama is talking about Mecca being kuffar at the time, and now we're talking about a time when Mecca was already Muslim. But this is where Ibn Kathir puts it in the sequence, and you would find it in the books of Sirah also within the Amal Wafud. Apparently, they, they gathered all of the delegations that would come in one section, even though the timing might not have been the same. For example, they talk about Al-Tufail bin Amr al-Dawsi, even though he came to Rasulullah in Mecca, not in Medina. Anyway, Rasulullah sent an army to Najd and they arrested a man from Bani Hanifa. They captured a man from Bani Hanifa. His name is Tumama bin Athal. They bound him to a pillar in the masjid. So Rasulullah went to him and said, Ma ya Tumama? What do you have to say? Qala indi khair ya Muhammad. I have good to say. In taqtulni taqtul dam. If you kill me, then you would kill a man who is very worthy among his people. I mean, if you do kill me, you would have killed somebody who is important. That's one interpretation. The other interpretation, it means that you have killed someone who has blood on his hands and therefore there is no blame on you if you do so. وَإِن تُنْعِمْ تُنْعِمْ عَلَى شَاكِرْ But if you release me, you would release a person who is grateful. وَإِن كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ الْمَالِ فَسَلْ مِنْهُ مَا شئت. And if you want money, ask me what you want. Rasulullah left him. And then he came to him the next day and said, what do you have to say? He said the same thing. I have what I already told you. If you release me, you are releasing a man who is grateful. And then he came to him the next day and told him, what do you have to say, Thumama? He said, I have to say what you already heard. Rasulullah said, release him. He left. And as soon as he got out of the masjid, he took a ghusl, he bathed, and then he entered in the masjid and said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. He didn't want to do it when he was tied, but now he is grateful and he is free. He could leave if he wants, but he became Muslim and he said, Ya Muhammad, Wallahi ma kana ala wajh al-ard wajh abghad ilayya min wajhik. There was no face on the face of the earth that was more despised to me than your face. فَقَدْ أَصْبَحَ وَجْهُكَ أَحَبُّ الْوُجُوهِ إِلَيْهِ Now your face is the most beloved to me. وَاللَّهِ مَا كَانَ دِينٌ أَبْغَضَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ دِينَكِ 
فَأَصْبَحَ دِينَكْ أَحَبِّ الْأَدِّينِ إِلَيْهِ There is no religion that was more despised to me than your religion, and now your religion has become the most beloved to me. وَاللَّهِ مَا كَانَ مِنْ بَلَدٍ أَبْغَضَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ بَلَدِكَ فَأَصْبَحَ بَلَدُكَ أَحَبُّ الْبِلَادِ إِلَيْهِ And there was no land that was more despised to me than your land, and now your land is the most beloved to me. وَإِنَّ خَيْلَكَ أَخَذَتْنِي وَأَنَا أُرِيدُ الْعُمْرَةِ فَمَاذَا تَرَى And your horsemen have captured me and I wanted to go to Umrah. What do you think I should do? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa told him to go and make Umrah. So when he arrived to Mecca, they told him, Asabot, did you become an apostate? That's what they would tell people who become Muslim. قَالَ لَا No, but I have become Muslim with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he said, لا والله لا تأتيكم من اليمامة حبة حمطة حتى يأذن فيها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. And in the name of Allah, not one single uh, grain of wheat would reach you from Yamama until Rasulullah allows it to. And this is an evidence used by those who accept the procedure of boycotting as a valid weapon of war. Because Thumama, what he did was actually an economical boycott on Mecca. He prevented the caravans from carrying wheat to Mecca. So they say that this is evidence that boycotting the enemy is a valid way of fighting them. And then there's the delegation of Banu Hanifa, which included a man called Musaylama. عن ابن عباس قال قدم مسيلمة الكذاب على عهد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فجعل يقول إن جعل لي محمد الأمر من بعده تبعته. ابن عباس says that Musaylama, the liar, came to Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم and he was saying if Muhammad is gonna appoint me to lead after him, I would follow him. So Rasulullah came to him along with Thabit bin Qais bin Shammas. And Rasulullah had in his hand a piece of wood from a palm tree, from the leaves of a palm tree. And then he told Musaylama, and he's among his people, لو سألتني هذه القطعة ما أعطيتكها. If you ask me to give you this, I wouldn't give it to you. And let alone giving you the leadership of the Ummah after me. I wouldn't even give you this piece of palm leaf. And then Rasulullah told him, وَلَن تَعْدُوا أَمْرَ اللَّهِ فِيكَ And you're not going to surpass what Allah has destined for you. وَلَيْنْ أَدْبَرْتَ لَيَعْقِرَنَّكَ اللَّهِ And if you leave, Allah will destroy you. وَإِنِّي لَأَرَاكَ الَّذِي رَأَيْتُ فِيهِ مَا رَأَيْتُ And I think that you are the one whom I have seen what I saw. And Rasulullah is referring to a dream that he has seen. وَهَذَا ثَابَتْ يُجِيبُكَ عَنِّي And here is ثَابَتْ He will speak to you on my behalf. And then Rasulullah left. The dream that Rasulullah is referring to, بَيْنَا أَنَا نَائِمٌ رَأَيْتُ فِي يَدِي سُوَارَيْنِ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ فَأَهَمَّنِي شَأْنُهُمَا فَأُوحِيَا إِلَيَّ فِي الْمَنَامِ أَنَا نَفَخْهُمَا فَنَفَخْتُهُمَا فَطَارَ فَأَوَلْتُهُمَا كَذَّابَيْنِ يَخْرُجَانِ بَعْدِ أَحَدُهُمَا الْأَسْوَدِ الْعَنْسِ وَالْآخِرِ مُسَيْلَمَةِ Rasulullah said, Salawatullahi wa sallamu alayhi, while I was asleep, I saw uh, two bracelets from gold on my arms. And I was told in my sleep to blow them away. So I blew them and they flew away. I interpreted that to mean two liars who would come after me. One of them is Al-Aswad Al-Ansi and the other one is Musaylama. Musaylama would later write a letter to Rasulullah and this is in the 11th year of Hijrah. He said, and he sent this letter with two messengers that came to meet Rasulullah Min Musaylama. رسول الله إلى محمد رسول الله سلام عليك أما بعد 
فإني قد أشركت في الأمر معك فإن لنا نصف الأمر ولقريش نصف الأمر ولكن قريشا قوم يعتدون He said From Musaylama the messenger of Allah to Muhammad the messenger of Allah Peace be upon you I have been involved in the affair with you half of it belongs to us and half of it belongs to Quraysh but Quraysh are people who transgress so he's saying that the kingdom needs to be split in half so Rasulullah wrote back to him Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim from Muhammad the messenger of Allah to Musaylam al-Kadhab Salamun ala man ittaba' al-Huda أَمَّا بَعْدْ فَإِنَّ الْأَرْضَ لِلَّهِ يُورِثُهَا مَنْ يَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ وَالْعَاقِبَةُ الْمُتَّقِينَ Peace be upon those who follow guidance. The earth belongs to Allah and He will give it to whomever He wills and the end belongs to the righteous. And then Rasulullah asked them and this is narrated by Abu Dawood, Tayalasi. Rasulullah asked them أَتَشْهَدَانَ أَنِي رَسُولَ اللَّهِ do you testify that I am the messenger of Allah? They said, we testify that Musaylamah is the messenger of Allah. Rasulullah said, آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ I believe in Allah and His messengers. وَلَوْ كُنْتُ قَاتِلًا رَسُولًا لَقَتَلْتُكُمَا And if I was going to kill a messenger, I would have killed you. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, فَمَضَتِ السُنَّةِ بِأَنَّ الرُّسُولَ لَا تُقْتَلْ Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, it became sunnah that messengers are not killed. Carriers of letters. The messengers in Islam should not be killed. Even if they are coming from the enemy, even if they are coming from people of war, as long as they are a messenger, then they are not to be killed. That is the sunnah. And then there's the delegation that came from Najran. And this is a long story. You could refer to it in the tafsir of Ibn Kathir on the surah of Al-Imran. Because there was a long dialogue that happened and debate about the difference between Christianity and Islam and the nature of Isa alayhi salam and Rasulullah received the revelation about 80 ayat from Surah Al-Imran talking about this because the people of Najran were Christian. Al-Bukhari says جَاءَ الْعَاقِبُ وَالسَّيِّدِ صَاحِبَ نَجْرَانِ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ سَلَمْ يُرِيدَانِ أَنْ يُلَعِنَهِ The Aqib and the Sayyid came to Rasulullah sallam and they wanted to do mula'ana and this is you know, what is referred to also as mubahala where Rasulullah would come out and they would come out and they would ask Allah to send his wrath and punishment on the liars. And they refused to do so because they said, if he is truly a messenger, then that will be the end of us. And they refused and they didn't accept that. Eventually they had to accept the hukum of Rasulullah even though they didn't become Muslim, but they would pay jizya. So they said, inna na'atika مَا سَأَلْتَنَا وَبْعَثْ مَعَنَا رَجُلًا أَمِينًا وَلَا تَبْعَثْ مَعَنَا إِلَّا رَجُلًا أَمِينًا They said, send with us somebody who is trustworthy and only send a trustworthy man. Rasulullah said, لَأَبْعَثَنَّ مَعَكُمْ رَجُلًا أَمِينًا حَقُّ أَمِينًا I will send with you a man who is truly trustworthy. And then Rasulullah said, قُمْ يَا أَبَا عُبَيْدَةِ Stand up, O Ubaidah, Abu Ubaidah. And this is why Abu Ubaidah, Amr ibn Jarrah, has called Amin and then we have Amr bin Tufayl and another man called Rabad bin Rabi'ah. And these are men from Najd. And his people told him, and he was ahead of his people, Ya Aba Amr, inna nasa qad aslamu aslim. They told him, Abu Amr, people have become Muslim, why don't you become Muslim? He said, Wallahi laqad kuntu alayt. 
ألا أنتهي حتى تتبع العرب عقبي فأنا أتبع عقب هذا الفتى من قريش He said I have taken a vow that I would not end meaning my life would not end until the Arabs follow me and now you want me to follow this young man from Quraysh so you can see the poisoned minds of these men of Jahiliyyah where the whole issue of life is seeking power and greed and authority over others so his whole objective in life is to have the Arabs follow him walk behind him and he doesn't want to become Muslim because that contradicts with his goal in life and people like this do not see the truth and do not follow it because their hearts are too far away from the fitrah their hearts are too attached to false goals of dunya which they are chasing like a mirage anyway they went to rasulullah they wanted to strike a deal because they saw that the muslims are a force that are to be reckoned with and if they want to have any authority in the arabia of the day they're going to have to strike a deal with rasulullah and they're assuming that rasulullah is just like them like their tribal leaders so they want to go and and negotiate with him something they're not knowing that this is prophethood this is nubuwa this is something different so they went to rasulullah uh, they said we want you to split the affair between us and you faaba alayhi ma rasulullah sallallahu rasulullah refused فقال له عامر لعنه الله أما والله لأملأنها عليك خيلا جردا ورجالا مردا In the name of Allah I'm gonna fill it meaning Medina I'm gonna fill it with horses and men and he belongs to people who are numerous and who are well known as being horsemen and being good and strong fighters so his threat is not bogus I mean he could truly do that and fill Medina with horses and men. But Rasulullah told him, Allah would refuse that and the sons of Qaylah. Who are the sons of Qaylah? Qaylah is the mother of the Ansar, Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj. So Rasulullah is saying, Allah refuses that and the sons of Qaylah. And this shows you the confidence that Rasulullah had in the Ansar. He has tested them and lived with them now for nine years. And he has seen their strength and their sacrifice and their willingness to stand with Rasulullah Now, Abu Amr and Irbad, they said, let's then kill him. If he used to negotiate with this with us, let's kill him. Abu Amr said, I will speak to him and you come from behind him and strike him with your sword. So he would talk to Rasulullah When narration says that the hand of Irbad got stuck to the sword and he couldn't move it. While the other narration says, that whenever he would try to strike Rasulullah Rasulullah would disappear and he would only say Abu Amr in front of him. Later on, Abu Amr told him, what's wrong with you? In the name of Allah, I used to fear no one as I used to fear you and now I see you as nothing. Arbad told him, what do you want me to do? Whenever I try to strike him, he would disappear and you are the one in front of me. Did you want me to kill you? And this is a, a miracle from Allah Azza wa Anyway, they left with empty hands and subhanallah because of that threat they made to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah azza wa jal is the one who took care of them in the case of Abu Amr on the way he passed by a woman who belongs to his tribe and he slept in her house by the time he woke up 
there was a, a big swelling in his neck. Some kind of a disease afflicted him and it is something that kills. So he didn't want to die in the house of this woman. Even though he was in extreme pain, he went on his horse and he just kept on wandering until he died on his horseback. And that was the end of him. And with Arbad, Allah on the way back, he was struck by a lightning that killed him along with his camel. And they mentioned this as a fulfillment of the ayah in Surah Al-Ra'd. Where Allah Azza wa Jal says, it is he who shows you lightning causing fear and aspiration and generates the heavy clouds and the thunder exalts Allah with praise of him and the angels as well from fear of him and he sends thunderbolts and strikes therewith whom he wills while they dispute about Allah and he is severe in assault. And that was the end of these two. Next delegation, they sent one man as a representative of the tribe and this man, his name is Dhumam bin Thalaba. There are quite a few narrations, some of them in Bukhari and other books of hadith of the conversation. There is some difference in wording. This, this narration is the one mentioned by Imam Ahmad. It is narrated by Abdullah bin Abbas. قَالَ بَعَثَتْ بَنُوا سَعَدْ بِنْ بَكْرِ Duman bin Thalaba wafidan ila Rasulullah sallallahu Tribe of Banu Sa'ad bin Bakr, they sent Duman bin Thalaba as their representative to Rasulullah sallallahu فقدم عليه وأناخ بعيره على باب المسجد ثم عقله ثم دخل المسجد ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم جالس في أصحابه So he came, he tied his camel, then he walked into the masjid while Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم was sitting with the صحابة وكان ضمام رجلا جلدا أشعر ذا غديرتين ضمام was a strong man and he had long hair in two braids فأقبل حتى وقف على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في أصحابه فقال أيكم ابن عبد المطلب So he said who among you is the son of Abdul Muttalib And notice here he didn't say the son of Abdullah He said the son of Abdul Muttalib Because Abdullah wasn't famous But Abdul Muttalib was famous all around Arabia Remember the important incident of the elephant occurred When he was the leader of his people And he is the one who went and met with Abraha so Abdul Muttalib had a very high status among the Arabs and he was very well known and famous. So he said, where is the son of Abdul Muttalib? Rasulullah said, Ana, I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. Qala Muhammad, are you Muhammad? He said, yes. Faqala ibn Abdul Muttalib, are you the son? And then he said, Qala ibn Abdul Muttalib, inni sa'iluka wa mughallidun fil mas'ala. He said, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to be strict in my questions. Fala tajidanna fi nafsik. So don't be angry. Rasulullah said, la ajidu fi nafsi. I'm not going to be angry. Ask whatever you want. فَسَلْ عَمَّا بَدَلَكَ قَالَ أَنْشُدُكَ اللَّهِ إِلَاهَكَ وَإِلَاهَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكَ وَإِلَاهَ مَنْ هُوَ كَائِنٌ بَعْدَكَ اللَّهُ بَعْثَكَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا I ask you in the name of Allah, your God, and the God of the ones before you, and the God of the ones after you, did He send you as a messenger? Rasulullah s.a.w. said, اللَّهُمَّ نَعَمْ Yes, in the name of Allah. قَالَ فَأَنْشُدُكَ اللَّهُ إِلَاهَكَ وَإِلَاهَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكَ 
وإله من هو كائن بعدك الله أمرك أن تأمرنا أن نعبده وحده لا نشرك به شيئا وأن نخلع هذه الأنداد التي كانت آباؤنا يعبدون معه قال اللهم نعم He said I ask you in the name of Allah your Lord and the Lord of the ones before you and the Lord of the ones after you did Allah ask you to tell us to worship no one but him and to leave these gods that we used to worship Rasulullah said yes in the name of Allah he said then I ask you in the name of Allah your Lord and the Lord of the ones before you and the Lord of the ones after you did Allah order you that we pray these five daily prayers he said in the name of Allah yes and then he kept on repeating the same thing with all of the uh, five pillars of Islam and Rasulullah would give him the same answer and then he said فَإِنِّي أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَسَوَأَدِّي هَذِي الْفَرَائِضِ وَأَجْتَنِبُ مَا نَهَيْتَنِي عَنْهِ ثُمَّ لَا أَزِيدُ وَلَا أَنْقُصُ he said I testify that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah and I testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and I am going to fulfill these obligations and I'm going to leave what you warned me from and I'm not going to add anything or subtract anything. When he left, Rasulullah said, In yasduq dhul aqisatain yadkhul al-jannah If the man with the two braids is true, truthful, then he will enter into paradise. And then he went on his camel and left. He went to his people and as soon as he got there, he said, Allat and al-uzza are evil. They said, What are you saying, O Duman? You will be afflicted with leprosy. Or you would become insane. He said, وَيْلَكُمْ إِنَّهُمَا وَاللَّهِ لَا يَضُرَّانَ Woe to you, they do not harm and they do not benefit. Allah has sent a messenger and has revealed to him a book that will save you from what you used to do. And I testify that there is no God but Allah and there is no one associated with him and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger. And I came to you from him and I'm ordering you to do what he ordered me and I warn you against the things he warned me from. By the time that day ended, everyone, men and women, in his tribe became Muslim. Ibn Abbas says, we never know of a delegation that was more blessed for his people than the man bin Thalabah. And then we have the story of Uday ibn Hatim. Uday ibn Hatim, radiallahu anhu, he heard about the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu He was a Christian and he didn't like it. He wasn't happy with it. And he was hearing about the expansion of the Islamic state and that it was reaching closer and closer to his people, the tribe of Tay in northeast Arabia. So he went to the Roman Empire and he said, when I reached there, I found it to be worse than my situation back home. I mean, he was hating staying back home because of the Muslims coming closer and closer but then when he went to the Roman Empire, he found it to be even worse, so he came back. And it says in one narration that he told one of his servants to prepare some very strong camels. And then he said, whenever you see the banners of the Muslims approaching, tell me. So his servant did see the banners coming. He told him about it. So he took his fast camels and ran away. So the Muslims came and they took his aunt and in one narration his sister as prisoners of war and they were brought into Medina. So his aunt told Rasulullah to free her 
And then Rasulullah asked her, Who are you? So she told him. So Rasulullah told her, You are free. Ali bin Abi Talib told her to ask Rasulullah to provide for you transportation. So Rasulullah did so. He was very kind with her and she left and she went to Uday and she told him, What you have done is shameful. I mean, you ran away and you left your family. And then she told him, I have come from a man who is a messenger of Allah and he's telling the truth. And she praised Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So he decided to go and visit him. Because now he was feeling safe about it. He was feeling that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is somebody you could approach. And this is a very important thing. The mushrikeen of Arabia, they would hear false rumors about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But then when they would hear from people who know him personally, they would see a man who is merciful and kind and is approachable. And this encouraged many people to come and meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and see him. But if it was a man whom they would fear or they would feel terrorized from, then this would make them uh, very reluctant to go and visit him. So Uday ibn Hatim went. There are different narrations of what happened. One narration says that when he came in, he had a cross hanging on his chest, you know, the customs of the Christians. So Rasulullah told him, They have taken their priests as gods besides Allah. Uday Assuming that Rasulullah does not understand about Christianity and that he's the expert since it's his religion, said, We do not take them as gods besides Allah. Rasulullah asked him, Didn't they make what was halal haram and what was haram halal? He said, Yes. He said, that, Then you have worshipped them. So Rasulullah taught him a meaning of taking them as gods, and that is when you give them the authority to make halal haram and haram halal, then you have made them as gods because this is something that is of the authority of Allah alone. In another narration, Rasulullah sallallahu told him that I understand your religion more than you do. And he said, so Uday ibn Hatim questioned that. Rasulullah sallallahu said, Don't you belong to the sect of Rukusiyah? He said, yes. He said, and don't you charge your people al-mirba' this is what he would take from them from their spoils, he said, yes. He said, that is not allowed in your religion. And Uday ibn Hatim knew that that was the case. He said, as soon as Rasulullah said that, I was humbled. In Al-Bukhari, Uday ibn Hatim, he said, we visited Umar ibn Khattab in a delegation. Umar ibn Khattab would call them one by one and he would name them, meaning that Umar ibn Khattab knew them all by name. I asked him, don't you know me, O Amir al-Mu'mineen? Because Umar did not call him. He said, بَلَا أَسْلَمْتَ إِذْ كَفَرُوا وَأَقْبَلْتَ إِذْ أَدْبَرُوا وَفَّيْتَ إِذْ غَدَرُوا وَعَرَفْتَ إِذْ أَنْكَرُوا فَقَالَ عُدَيْئِذًا لَا أُبَالِي He said, yes, I know you. You are the one who became Muslim when they were disbelievers. And you were the one who came when they left. And you are the one who fulfilled when they have betrayed. And you are the one who knew when they have rejected. You accepted when they rejected. Uday said, then I do not care. As long as you know that about me, then I do not care. Meaning he was, he, he was pleased that the Amir al-Mu'mineen knew about him and recognized him. By the way, Uday ibn Hatim was the son of the man who was the most famous Arab in terms of his generosity. Hatim al-Ta'i, his father, there are many tales and legends about the generosity of Hatim al-Ta'i. Uday is his son. In Al-Bukhari, Uday ibn Hatim said, قَالَ بَيْنَا أَنَا عِنْدَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِذَا أَتَاهُ رَجُلٌ فَشَكَ إِلَيْهِ فَاقَةٌ ثُمَّ أَتَاهُ آخَرَ فَشَكَ إِلَيْهِ قَطَعَ الطَّرِيقِ Uday ibn Hatim, he is a noble man in a society. 
and he comes to Medina and he sees this. He was with Rasulullah and a man came to Rasulullah complaining about poverty. And then another man came and complained about bandits that are preventing the travelers. So Rasulullah knowing what Uday is seeing from the situation of Medina, he told him, Ya Uday, Hal ra'ayt al-hira? Did you see al-hira? Al-hira is a city in Iraq. Qult lam araha anha. I didn't see it, but I have heard about it. قَالَ فَإِنْ طَالَتْ بِكَ حَيَاهِ لَتَرَيَنَّ الضَّعِينَةَ تَرْتَحِلُ مِنَ الْحِيرَةِ حَتَّى تُطُوفُ بِالْكَعْبَةِ If you live long enough, you would see a woman traveling from Al-Hira until she reaches to Al-Kaaba, fearing no one but Allah. قُلْتُ فِيمَا بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ نَفْسِي فَأَيْنَ دُعَارُ طَيْءِ I told myself, he was speaking to myself, where are... The bandits of Tayyid, the ones who have turned the land into fire. Because traveling from Hira to Mecca, you have to pass through the land of Uday. And there were many armed robbers and bandits over there, which makes it impossible for a woman to travel. And now Rasulullah is saying that she would travel fearing no one but Allah Azza wa Jal. And then Rasulullah said, وَلَا إِن طَالَتْ بِكَ حَيَةً and if you live long enough, the treasures of Kisra would become spoils of war for us. I said Kisra, the son of Hormuz, and this is the Persian emperor. Rasulullah said Kisra, the son of Hormuz. And if you live long enough, you would find a man coming with a handful of gold or silver, trying to find somebody who would accept it from him as sadaqah, and he would find no one. To the end of the hadith, Rasulullah was telling him about what will happen on the Day of Judgment. Anyway, but Uday ibn Hatim said, two of the three things that Rasulullah told me I have seen with my own eyes, and I'm sure that the third one would happen, because it was said by Rasulullah uh, In another narration, uh, Rasulullah was telling Uday ibn Hatim, Probably the reason why you don't want to follow me is because you see that we are poor. Many people go by what they see, what is apparent, and they are affected by the material aspects of things. If they see people wealthy, if they see them successful in dunya, they're impressed with that. And this is false and this is wrong. One should look at the spirit, one should look at the, at the essence of the message and not at the material things. Because Uday ibn Hatim admitted that this is what was turning him away from Islam. Because he sees that Muslims are poor people. They don't have nice houses. They don't have beautiful roads. They don't have advanced cities like we have back home. And this was turning him away from Islam. Rasulullah was telling him that the time will come when we mention these things that a woman would travel peacefully without fearing anybody but Allah. And that the treasures of Kisra will be spent in the path of Allah. And then there was a delegation of Al-Ash'ariyin. Al-Ash'ariyin are from an area in western Yemen, uh, in Tahama, an area called Zabid. And they came to Rasulullah in Bukhari. It says, عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أتاكم أهل اليمن 
هم أرقوا أفئدة وألينوا قلوبا الإيمان يمان والحكمة يمانية When this delegation came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said according to the narration of Bukhari The people of Yemen have come to you They are soft hearted Iman is Yemeni And wisdom is Yemeni And this is the praise that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Has given to the people of Yemen That Iman and Hikmah are Yemeni And this was said when Abu Musa Al-Ash'ari And his, and his people came to meet Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And then there's a delegation from the kings of Himyar, which is also in Yemen. And Anas ibn Malik, and this is in Abu Dawud, narrated by Abu Dawud. And Malik, the Yazan, Ahda ila Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hullah, Akhadaha bithalathatin wa thalathina ba'ira. The Malik, the Yazan, has given a gift to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a garment that cost him 33 camels. Very expensive. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepted this gift from him. And then Jarir bin Abdullah al-Bajali came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. According to the narration of Imam Ahmad, Jarir says, لَمَّا دَنَوْتُ مِنَ الْمَدِينَةِ أَنَخْتُ رَاحِلَتِي ثُمَّ حَلَلْتُ عَيْبَتِي ثُمَّ لَبِسْتُ حُلَّتِي ثُمَّ دَخَلْتُ فَإِذَا رَسُولَ صَلَى اللَّهِ يَخْتُبُ Jarir, he put his camel next to the masjid and then he entered while Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was speaking, was giving khutbah. And people were staring at me. Why are they looking at him? He assumed that the reason is because Rasulullah must have said something about him before he came in and that was the case. Because he asked someone next to him, did Rasulullah mention me? He said, yes. Yes, he mentioned you with a very good mentioning. While Rasulullah was speaking in his khutbah, he said, now a man will come in from this door and you would see on his face Signs of a king. He was very handsome. And Rasulullah said you would see on his face signs of a king. Jariya said, I, I praise Allah for that. And Jariya says, Ma aslamt. Never did Rasulullah refuse meeting me after I became Muslim. And whenever he would see me, he would smile in my face. وَلَقَدْ شَكَوْتُ إِلَيْهِ أَنِّي لَا أَثْبُتُ عَلَى الْخَيْلِ And I told him that I cannot stay firm on horses فَضَرَبَ بِيَدِهِ فِي صَدْرِي وَقَالَ اللَّهُمَّ ثَبِّتْهُ وَجْعَلُهُ هَادِيًا مَهْدِيًّا He struck me in my chest and said, Oh Allah, make him firm and make him a guided man and guide through him. Jariya said, I never fell off a horse after that. This is how Rasulullah won the hearts of people. He would smile in their faces. He would meet them. He was close to his followers. And then you have another son of kings of Hadramaut. His name is Wa'il bin Hujr. He came to Rasulullah and he met Rasulullah and Rasulullah hosted him and treated him very well. And then Rasulullah gave him a piece of land. So Rasulullah wants to show the land, the location of the land, To him, so he sent Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan with him. Muawiyah at the time was a young man, unknown. He was sent with Wa'il to show him the location of the land. فَأَرْسَلَ مَعِي مُعَاوِيَةَ أَنْ أَعْطِهَا إِيَّهِ أَوْ قَالَ أَعْلِمْهَا إِيَّهِ قَالَ فَقَالَ لِمُعَاوِيَةَ أَرْدِفْنِي خَلْفَكَ فَقُلْتُ لَا تَكُونُ مِنْ أَرْدَافِ الْمُلُكِ So Muawiyah is going with Wa'il to guide him to the land. And Wa'il is riding on his camel and Muawiyah is walking and he was walking apparently barefoot or something. And Muawiyah told him, I want to ride with you on your camel. 
He said, you are not going to ride with a king. And he refused to allow him to ride. Uh, in another narration, it says that Muawiyah told him, I want to ride. He said, you are not a king to ride with kings. And then Muawiyah told him, the ground is very hot. So Wa'il told him, use the shade of the camel and walk in it. So Muawiyah obviously would not forget how badly he was treated. And days pass by and Muawiyah becomes the Khalifa of the Muslims. And who visits him? Wa'il bin Hujr. So when Wa'il came in, Muawiyah had him sit with him, next to him, on his sarir, which is the couch of the king. Unlike when he wanted to ride the camel, he was not allowed. And Muawiyah reminded him with what happened that day. Wa'il would later say, وَدِدْتُ أَنِّي كُنْتُ حَمَلْتُهُ بَيْنَ يدي. I wish that I not only had him ride with me on the camel, but I wish that I would have had him ride in front of me. And then there's the delegation of Tamim al-Dari. And we already talked about, I talked about this in uh, the series on the hereafter because it's a very long hadith. I'll not go through it again. He's the one who reported to Rasulullah the news of meeting at Dajjal. Hadith narrated by Al-Imam Muslim. Finally, there's the delegation of Al-Azd or a Yemeni tribe that are from the southern part of Arabia. Seven men from Al-Azd came to meet Rasulullah and by the way, Al-Azd are related to Al-Ansar because Al-Ansar are descendants of Al-Azd. And they came to meet Rasulullah Rasulullah was impressed by them, by their looks and their characters and their demeanor. What are you? We said we are believers. Rasulullah smiled and said, there is a reality for everything. So what is the reality of your statement and your iman? Because they said they're believers. So what is the reality of that? What is the manifestation of that? Fifteen characteristics. Five of them were commanded by your messengers to us. Five of them you have commanded us to do. And five of them were traditions from the time of Jahiliyyah, except if you want us to change them. So Rasulullah said, what are the five which my messengers ordered you? قُلْنَا أَمَرَتْنَا أَن نُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْبَعْثِ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ We are ordered to believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, and resurrection after death. قَالَ وَأَمَّا الْخَمْسَةَ الَّتِي أَمَرْتُكُمْ أَن تَعْمَلُوا بِهَا What are the five commands that I gave you? قُلْنَا أَمَرْتَنَا أَن نَقُولَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَنُقِيمُ you order us to say La ilaha illallah and to establish salah and to pay zakah, to fast Ramadan and to make hajj for the one who is capable. And what are the five which you have made as your character in the time of Jahiliyyah? والرضا بمر القضاء والصدق في مواطن اللقاء وترك الشماتة بالعداء Again the five الشكر عند الرخاء Being grateful in times of ease والصبر عند البلاء 
and being patient in times of difficulty. And to accept destiny. And being truthful when the enemies meet. And avoiding malicious joy out of our enemies. Meaning they do not go to extremes in making fun of their enemies. They are decent even with the enemy. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حكماء علماء كادوا من فقههم أن يكونوا أنبياء You are wise and knowledgeable and you have almost because of your knowledge you have almost become prophets صلى الله عليه وسلم was very impressed by their wisdom and then رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said وأنا أزيدكم خمسا فيتم لكم عشرون خصلة and I will give you five more so you will have twenty characteristics إن كنتم كما تقولون if what you are saying is true if you are like what you say فلا تجمعوا ما لا تأكلون do not collect what you will not eat ولا تبنوا ما لا تسكنون and do not build what you will not live in ولا تنافسوا في شيء أنتم عنه غدا تزولون and do not compete in something that you will leave tomorrow واتقوا الله الذي إليه ترجعون وعليه تعرضون and fear Allah whom you will return to and whom you will be presented to. وَارْغَبُوا فِيمَا عَلَيْهِ تَقْدِمُونَ وَفِيهِ تَخْلِدُونَ And strive for what you are facing ahead of you and where you will be living forever, meaning the afterlife. فَانْصَرَفَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ عَنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَحَفِظُوا وَصِيَتَهُ وَعَمِلُوا بِهَا They left and they followed the advice of Rasulullah صلوات الله وسلامه عليه. We have only covered some of the delegations that came to meet Rasulullah So you can see that it was a busy year where people are coming and accepting Islam from the four corners of the Arabian Peninsula. And this is towards the end of the life of Rasulullah He is now witnessing the fruit of his da'wah. He is now harvesting the fruit of the seed which he planted in Mecca in the early days when it was very difficult now Rasulullah is seeing the manifestation of his efforts due to the blessing of Allah Azza wa Jal and the barakah that Allah Azza wa Jal has put in his da'wah. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Please proceed to the next CD.